It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. All righty, what is going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for downloading the podcast, for subscribing. And if you haven't subscribed, it's very easy to do. You just click the subscribe button. It's right there. Um, or you go to thepetecalendarshow.com. You click the subscribe button there, and it's the same result. You're now subscribed. And it comes free every day to your smartphone or tablet. You can also become a patron by going to thepetecalendarshow.com. You get exclusive content. And I want to thank patrons like Juanita and Pamela and Stephen, Jim and Robbie, Jan, Daryl, Daniel, Jocelyn, Gary, Trent, and David. They all became patrons to support the program. I appreciate that. Also, I appreciate everybody who uh, supports the businesses that advertise on the show as well. Couldn't do it without all of you. And uh, I am uh, eternally grateful for the support. So did you hear about this uh, New York Times editor? Uh, she sits on the editorial board who went on to MSNBC's Morning Joe program <laughs> yesterday. And uh, she was uh, she was very upset. She was triggered by the American flags that she saw last weekend the anniversary of the invasion of normandy <laughs> i'm not sure she has put those two things together um but uh, she she was very upset well here take a listen for yourself this is really going to continue i was on long island this weekend uh visiting a really dear friend and i was really disturbed i saw you know dozens and dozens of pickup trucks with uh, you know, uh, explicatives against Joe Biden uh, on the back of them, yep. uh, Trump yep. flags, and some cases just dozens of American flags, which, you know, uh, is also just disturbing because essentially the message was clear. It was, this is my country. This is not your yep. country. Wait, wait, what? So, all right. So note the picture she is painting here. Dozens and dozens. So that's going to be what at least so two dozen would be dozens minimum plus dozens again so now we're at four dozen pickup trucks that she saw <laughs> four <laughs> dozens and dozens of pickup trucks that had anti-biden stickers on them oh my gosh anti-biden stickers are those even allowed how dare you place stickers on your truck that are opposed to the Democratic president? So you got anti-Biden stickers. You've got, uh, by the way, have you seen any of the bumper stickers? Uh, Anti-Trump stickers? Yeah, they, like, I'm in Asheville, which is blue dot C of red, the People's Republic of Asheville. And uh, yeah, like every other vehicle here uh, has an anti-Trump sticker on it. <laughs> so... All right, still, like even to this day, the stuff, I mean, this idea that like the other side is the only one that does this stuff, it's always amazing to me. Like, guys, people have been posting stickers and messages about their uh, disdain or contempt or love and adoration for political leaders since, you know, people started putting stickers on cars. So first off, she says dozens and dozens of pickup trucks. So first off, I'm calling BS on that. I, I don't think you saw what dozens so four dozen minimum i don't think you saw about 50 pickup trucks with anti-biden stickers on them 
pro-Trump signs on them and American flags all over the place. I don't I don't believe her. Okay, I'm just I I don't believe her. I don't believe that I'm from Long Island. Okay, I've I go back. I try to go back uh, pretty regularly, like once a year, if I can, if I can make it. I haven't been back, obviously, since the pandemic began and all of that. But um, there are some areas of Long Island where Republicans live. It's true. There's like a block uh, or two in uh, this one town that I remember seeing. No, seriously, though, you've got. People who supported Trump and they're not happy with the election results still, by the way, does that sound familiar, Democrats, like you guys in 2000? Or how about, okay, how about um, in 2016, you guys in 2016, right, where like 40% of Democrats believe that Trump was not legitimately elected? Oh, okay, all right. How about um, you guys in Georgia 2018 with Stacey Abrams? Right. You guys haven't been accepting election results for 20 years. So, you know, spare me the the faux outrage about how now all of a sudden this is a problem because Trumpers are not accepting the election outcome. Oh, my gosh, people, this has been going on for a while. And you guys actually kind of cornered the market on this thing. You're only upset now because it's your guy in the White House and you are using this as a weapon against the right. So I'm not believing this this. Uh, this story. I think she probably saw, I'd probably say two, maybe three. I think she probably saw two or three trucks with an American flag on it. I think she probably saw two or three vehicles with some anti-Biden stuff on it. And she may have seen two or three vehicles with pro-Trump stuff on it. So grand total, I'll give you a dozen total. One, I'll give you 12. I think that's probably more accurate on Long Island. By the way, this in it, New York is a state that went for Biden. So it's not even enough that she won the state. It's not enough that uh, the, the majority of voters in a state went for her preferred candidate. No, it's that's not enough. It has to be it has to be total. Right. It has to be complete. I don't want to see anybody with a Trump sign or with anti Biden stuff or an American flag. Which is interesting. It's sort of an interesting tell that you would think that the American flag equals anti-Biden <laughs> or pro- or pro-Trump. Why would you assume that? You guys, why are you seeding the field here? Why are you surrendering the American flag? I I have some ideas, but uh, I am curious. Like, are you? Re- do you realize that's what you're doing here? And maybe she does. I suspect she doesn't. This is the same. Uh, editorial board member who had a hard time figuring out the math a couple of years ago when they were, it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, her name is Mara Gay. Mara Gay, M-A-R-A is her first name, M-A-R-A, Mara, and her last name Gay, and uh, she is also a uh, an MSNBC analyst, aside from being a New York Times editorial board member, just in case you were curious about whether the corruption of the New York Times is total. <laughs> there you go. It is. The editorial board member is an employee of MSNBC or a paid analyst for MSNBC of all outlets. So let me re-rack this audio. Uh, and by the way, I'm going to tie this together with uh, a speech that was delivered by North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson at the GOP State Convention here in North Carolina a couple of days ago. So let me re-rack this and uh, we'll take it from the top. This is really going to continue. I was on Long Island this weekend uh, visiting a really dear friend and I was really disturbed. I saw you know dozens and dozens of pickup trucks with 
uh, you know, uh, explicatives against Joe Biden uh, on the back of them, <laughs> yep. uh, Trump yep. flags, and some cases just dozens of American flags, which, you know, uh, is also just disturbing because essentially the message was clear. It was, this is my country. This is not your yep. country. I don't, and that's the other thing too. Like, who sees an American flag and thinks that the message is that it's not your country? <laughs> It's every, If you're an American, it's your country. It's all of our country. Why would you look at the flag and feel like you're being ostracized by it? <laughs> it does. I don't. If I see leftists waving an American flag, I mean, first off, I'm going to take some pictures because it doesn't ever really happen anymore. I kid, I kid, but not really. So, like, if, if you see the flag and you think they're trying to ostracize me, I think that's a you issue. I own this. And so until we're ready to have that conversation, this is going to continue. What really is concerning to me as well is it's it's not just Democrats in Congress. I think there's a large percentage of Americans, even some of my colleagues uh, in journalism, who are invested in some way in pretending that this isn't the threat that it is. That is it's the real concern. It's a because, threat. you know, the Trump voters who are not going to get on board with democracy, they're a minority. <laughs> You can marginalize them long term. But if we don't take the threat seriously, then I think we're all in really bad shape. Totally agree. Mara Gay and Tom Nichols, thank you both oh, yeah. very much for coming on this morning. I should have known. Yeah, Tom Nichols was also on there. Of course, Tom Nichols was on there. What a complete. I've said this before. The biggest disappointment of the Trump era for me was because I've interviewed Tom Nichols a couple times, uh, interacted with him many times on Twitter. He's now since, you know, unfollowed me. He hasn't blocked me yet, but um, yeah, totally misread that guy. <laughs> yeah, Trump broke him pretty badly. Um, now, if you are in uh, dire straits because you've got something around the house or you're doing a project and you need a tool, but uh, you don't have the right tool to get the job done and uh, you're like, I don't want to buy the tool, because it's really expensive. I got the solution for you. It is general equipment rental in Weaverville. You go on in there, you rent the tool that you need for the job and they'll show you how to use it. And uh, then you take it back to the job site or to your house and you use it and you get the job done and then you bring it back. And look at that, problem solved. That's what I do here. I am all about solutions. And so is General Equipment Rental. They're family-owned and operated, have been for three generations. They are at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road in Weaverville. And you can go check out their inventory uh, at generalrents.com. You can also just go on in there. They've got a massive parking lot, by the way. So if you've got, you know, if you're towing a big piece of machinery or something like that, don't worry. You got the like the trailer towing all your equipment. It's fine. You got tons of room to park in their parking lot. Uh, they also have all sorts of outdoor power equipment. Yeah, they're your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service provider. They also do equipment service and repair, by the way. They service what they sell. But uh, what this means is that they know all of the makes and the models of all of these uh, pieces of equipment. And so they can tell you, uh, you know, what you know, what changed year to year, what's the difference between these two models, these two product lines or whatever. So you get quality equipment, you get great pricing and, you know, excellent service one-on-one -on -one service, a general equipment rental. Tell them you heard it here on the show. Whatever the project, general equipment rental has the tool that you need, generalrents.com, and think outside your toolbox. All right, so this Mara Gay uh, woman, the editorial board member for the New York Times, she was actually one of the people, one of the minds... <laughs> 
that came up with the 1619 project along with Nicole Hannah Jones. Yeah, this was <laughs> this of course she was, right? Of course she was. Despite this distortion of history through the Marxist lens of critical race theory, writes Gabe Kaminsky, the New York Times staffer last week accused white people of being very good at forgetting history, which yeah, that deserves <laughs> Right. So I just again, like what kind of a mindset do you have? And think think about what she's talking about, that that we need to marginalize these people. It's a very small percentage of the people, but they they need to get on board with democracy, like unlike Democrats in 2000 and 2016 and 2018. Right. Democrats have been playing this game for decades, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, they've never been accused of not getting on board with democracy. Right. Uh, And these are the same people, by the way, that uh, are demanding, you know, that the Electoral College be blown up because they they can't win the Electoral College, at least for now. Um, Now, uh, that may change, by the way, that obviously I mean, that's the thing. All of these things shift. Right. There used to be a time when Democrats thought I was watching a uh, I know I'm kind of uh, down a rabbit hole here, but uh, Mark Levin went on uh, the podcast, uh, The Rubin Report, Dave Rubin's uh, show. And I watched it. I don't remember how old this was. I think it was, I think it was a couple of years ago, maybe. But I just came across it a couple of days ago and I watched it. And he made this argument that, uh, or he was recalling this uh, time when, you know, California went to Ronald Reagan and then uh, Bush carried it in 92, or sorry, 88, I guess it was. And there was this, there was this, feeling and and sentiment among you know the media and the democrats but i repeat myself that that democrats were never going to win another presidential race because they were losing the popular vote so badly that's what they thought at the time now levin ties it to uh, a shift in immigration policy and so then democrats began uh you know trying to increase the immigration levels cuz they believe this is going to help them win elections and 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 I don't know if that's true or not that was the premise he was laying out but I thought it was interesting like that's not that long ago you know 1988 I don't remember I don't know if Clinton carried it in 92 if he won California but uh at the time Democrats were very worried because they were not carrying Texas, Florida or California <laughs> they couldn't win and then they won and then they won all, like the popular vote uh, in all of the successive election cycles. Of course, after 2000, then, you know, they started making it, you know, quote, easier to vote. Um, and as they did so, maybe that is the reason why they've now been able to uh, to carry the popular vote. But here's the thing. No president has ever been elected based on the popular vote. That's not how we do it. It's never how we did it. And so just because you're trying to run up the score <laughs> on, on the popular vote it doesn't it doesn't mean that you win the election it never has been that way so that's why they need to blow up the rules anyway um i just i find this i find this mentality being expressed by mara gay i find it just incredibly sad i do i find it sad that you would look at the flag and think that the person who is proud of their country and waving it is doing so uh in order to try to alienate you like that is some serious tiv going on the tiv this is the personality construct this is a a tendency for interpersonal victimhood they've they've actually identified this they call it tiv and it does it does manifest itself in a larger population set as well but it's uh it's a you know individual kind of assessment and people who see themselves as the victim 
it becomes this uh, self-perpetuating cycle of thought that they can never break out of. And I suspect that's where she is. Charlotte Clymer with the uh, was a human rights campaign, HRC. Uh, she said on Twitter, as a military veteran, I completely agree with Mara Gay. It is disturbing. Large American flags on trucks are performative nonsense that are absolutely intended to communicate that America is a conservative white country. It's an intentional signal. She's right. Okay, I agree that it is performative. I don't believe it's nonsense. I, I, I've had uh, disagreements with people over the years, like conservatives who have said, oh, I hate, you know, these people, they drive around uh, with their, uh, uh, you know, like a, a flag from Ecuador or Mexico, you know, on the back of their car, like they got like the big logo, the decal or whatever done on the back window. And I've always said, like, I don't have any problem with that. People want to express pride in their heritage or whatever. Like, I, I, I don't care. You want to fly like if there's somebody with a Italian flag or an Irish flag decal on their car, I don't care about that either. So, uh, no, I don't care. And so if you're going to have an American flag, I think it's actually more appropriate being an American and all. Um, but, yes, it's performative. All patriotism, outward displays of patriotism are. Are they not? And that's kind of the point, right? She says this is what Mara Gay is talking about. And then she's got a picture of a pickup truck with a big flag you know, hanging off the back of it. And she says, I'll speak for myself here. I have folded countless American flags for the loved ones of fallen service members. And when I see this, all I can think is, quote, yeah, that person is definitely a bleep and most likely a coward. Okay, so now that's that. that so now if you display the flag, that makes you a jerk, I'll say. She didn't say jerk. Um, she referenced another body part. Uh, but I, I will say jerk. So that's that's where we are now, that if you display the flag in a way that a leftist doesn't like, that makes you the jerk and a coward. Jay Caruso is the managing editor at the D.C. Examiner. He said, quote, it obviously doesn't occur to people like Charlotte Clymer that it says a whole lot more about them than it does the person who has the flag on their truck. I honestly cannot comprehend how people live their lives this way. I'm right there with them. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't I don't understand people who see the flag and think that it's an act of aggression towards somebody like they've already constructed an entire fable in their mind about the person in the truck, why they bought the truck, what their political um, uh, philosophy is, how they live their life, what kind of person they are and what that flag means and what how they mean to display it and what its intended purpose is like. Can't it just be a flag, a, a pro-America flag? Why can't we be, can we be pro-America? Is that allowed anymore? Seriously, like I'm asking, where's the end zone here, lefties? Can we be proud to be Americans? Who's not, we gonna cancel Lee Greenwood? Which I'm open to this suggestion. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, then you've got the New York Times communications uh, account coming to her defense their editorial board member, uh, Mara Gay, that her comments on MSNBC have been irresponsibly taken out of context. Her argument was that Trump and many of his supporters have politicized the American flag. The, so Trump politicized the American flag. Look, if you guys are not proud of the American flag, pound sand. I don't care. That's not on, that's not on patriots to care about whether or not you're offended by the American flag, which, by the way, remember, that was a pretty uh, uh, normal lefty position to have just a couple of years ago. Right. Colin Kaepernick. Remember, Colin Kaepernick, you know, he was like protesting Nike using the uh, Betsy Ross flag. 
And and you guys to this day, you still accuse Madison Cawthorn, Congressman Cawthorn, of being some neo-Nazi because he had the Betsy Ross flag. So this idea that the right is politicizing the flag, it's not that's not entirely accurate. You guys have done a really bang up job uh, to that end as well. You've just gone the opposite direction. She said uh, the uh, the New York Times communications team says that the attacks on Mara Gay are ill informed and grounded in bad faith. And then that prompted a response from our friend RB Pundit on Twitter that the left's argument now seems to be that because Trump supporters are proud of the American flag, the left can't be proud of it, (laughs) or they could be mistaken for Trump supporters. Imagine twisting yourself into that pretzel. And uh, and I I just, I cannot. And it's just got to be an incredibly sad way to live. Uh, Much like living in a house that you don't love. Get out and get yourself your dream home. Go to mountainhomehunt.com and see my friend Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team and put them to work for you and they will get you into your dream home. If you are looking to buy, she has homes in all price points. If you are looking to sell, uh, then she's got buyers lined up already. She outsells 99% of the realtors across the state of North Carolina. She's the only one that we called when uh, we went to buy our house. You should too. I cannot recommend her highly enough. Uh, her number is 828-333-4483. That's 828-333-4483. Mountainhomehunt.com and start packing. All right, so I told you I was going to tie that into um, the North Carolina lieutenant governor's speech, uh, and here it is. So uh, Mark Robinson, uh, and by the way, I I do feel the need to point this out, that redstate.com billed him or identified him as South Carolina lieutenant governor. (laughs) And while they they have changed it in their article, they have changed it, um, but the headline when, it, when you type in, when you go to the, uh, the the article on the website, if you look on the URL, the address at the top, it still says South Carolina because that's what it got posted as. <laughs> but anyway, hey, look, they got they got 50% of the state's name correct, okay? <laughs> so anyway, um, Americans are a country of people that should be proud of who they are and what they've accomplished. And despite what the left may say about you or this country, it's one that not only needs defending, it deserves defending. This is how Brandon Moore started the piece at redstate.com covering this uh, speech or portions of the speech. I've got two sound bites here. um, And I'm going to start with uh, Mark Robinson's, uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Mark Robinson's uh, uh, response on the issue of reparations. Okay. Uh, And again, this was from the North Carolina Republican Party state convention that was held over the weekend. There are some people that were talking about reparations in this country. They wanted reparations. And I remember I made this particular liberal so angry at me (laughs) because I told them right to their face, nobody owes you anything for slavery. If you want to tell the truth about it, it is you who owes. It's you who owes. Why do you owe? Because somebody in those fields took stripes for you. Somebody after those fields were ended and slavery was ended, somebody had to walk through Jim Crow for you. Somebody fought wars and died for you. Somebody lived less than because they didn't have what you have and they did it for you. There are people in their graves right now And they are there because they were willing to stand up and fight for you. Those folks on the Edmund Pettus Bridge carrying American flags, take that Colin Kaepernick. 
<laughs> living in a society that he could scarcely acknowledge, something that he has never known, living with a bigotry that none of us can imagine. Carried American flags on that bridge, and when they were hit upside the head with nightsticks and shot with water hoses and knocked to the ground, they got up and picked those flags up and kept marching. And they did it for you. Nobody owes you anything if anybody owes it's you because you've been the benefactor of freedom. You are the one that owes. And what do you owe? You owe it to them to get up off your tail and get to school. And when you get to school, you owe it to them to get up off your tail at school and get to work and get some learning in your head. And once you get that schooling in your head and get out of that school, you owe it to them to get to work. And then when you get to work and you get married, you owe it to them to take care of your children and not let the government take care of your children. It's you who owe. Nobody owes you a single solitary thing. The sacrifice and blood that has been laid out in this nation on your behalf, there is a bill at your feet for it. It's time you got up off your tail and went and go paid it. Okay, so you can tell <laughs> the crowd loved it. Um, this is, and uh, let me back up, Brandon Morse at uh, Red State, he said Robinson delivered his remarks with all the fire of a Southern preacher on Sunday, but it's not just the delivery. The reminder of who we are is necessary. And I am reminded of, you know, the axiom that you become that upon which you gaze. Right. If you, you 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 watch people, you watch role models, you listen to them. Like this is one of the the arguments at at play, uh, you know, with the desensitization of violence on television and movies and stuff. And I, you know, I I, I make fun of, I ridicule uh, Hollywood and these actors and stuff who pretend that they have no influence over the culture, except on the things they want to influence the culture on. Like so, and the the classic example of this is, um, you know, Will and Grace, the TV show that uh, that gave people in America sort of their first, um, I won't say relationship, but yeah, it was a relationship, their first, you know, interaction, if you will, with someone who, uh, with people who are gay and treated them as the main characters of the, of the story. And it broke down a lot of stigmas and misconceptions while having fun. And it allowed people to, um, to, to broaden understanding, right? Uh, so they take they take credit for that. And I think that's deserved, by the way. I think that 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 did have an impact. But then those same people who claim credit for breaking down those barriers, they they deny any culpability in the constant violence porn that they're pushing out all the time. Right. They 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 say, oh, no, that's got nothing to do with the cultures, you know, slide towards criminality. It's got nothing to do with the, quote, art that we churn out. And I just I find it to be duplicitous because, of course, it has an impact. You become that upon which you gaze. And if all you consume is, you know, anti-American claptrap, then you are going to become that. And uh, when you get a guy like Mark Robinson standing up there and saying, no, this is worth celebrating. This is worth revering. And you owe it to people who have you know, paid the ultimate price, like this is a powerful message. And I think this is why a lot of people on the left are afraid of him. Okay. Uh, and you're starting to see uh, mobilization efforts against him. 
because he is powerful. Now, I'm not sure they figured out how to go after him. And look, he has said some things that are going to be used in campaigns against him. Um, They're going to call him a bigot and all this other stuff. Um, But this is the problem they're going to have is that he is a black man. And uh, they got to be very careful because what do we know about a lot of our friends on the left is that they they casually use a lot of bigoted and prejudicial and racisty kinds of terms without thinking about it because they always assume that oh it's only the Republicans that are the racists right and so when uh, when they say racisty things they don't even realize they're saying it a lot of times so uh, there's a there are a lot of traps in the path for them when it comes to Mark Robinson and when he gets up there and he delivers that kind of a message. Um, that has appeal to a broad, uh, a broad population. It's not just conservatives, right? Because what is he talking about? And what has he always really been talking about? Empowerment, right? That you can be anything you want to be. This is a positive, uplifting message. That's now it will not be seen as that by the left, right? He's telling you, don't become dependent on government, on programs, on policies of the left. Do not become someone else's person. You are your own person, and you can be whatever you want to be in this land of opportunity. We have made such progress that he has talked about this in previous speeches we've covered, and this is a positive, uplifting message, and it makes people feel good. It makes people want to follow him, and this is why he is in such high demand as a speaker around the country. And a lot of people, and uh, uh, Brandon Morris at redstate.com, he he said, and he's correct, that uh, this speech that he delivered over the weekend, it went overlooked because of the appearance of Donald Trump and his speech and the endorsement, right? But this is a speech that needs to be seen, he says, and heard by any Republican and indeed any American who has pride in their country. Because that was the part about reparations. I also have the part about uh, pride in the country. And this, this is how he closed his speech. The greatest example of that I saw and witnessed it firsthand on television was during 9-11. People running away from those burning buildings, running away in horror. We saw policemen and firemen running to those buildings, basically running to their deaths to go help others because they saw trouble and they knew that they were needed. That's got to be us in this day right here. We've got to run to the trouble, folks. And what is the trouble? The trouble is the Biden administration that is seeking to turn this country into a socialist hellhole. The trouble is Antifa that wants to roam the streets and beat you into submission. The trouble is Black Lives Matter. It claims to care about the lives of black people, but it's turned a blind eye while violence in black communities are taking lives at a genocidal rate. They've turned a blind eye. That's where the trouble is, and that's what we've got to run to. And we've got all the right in the world on our side. And there ain't no reason to be afraid. And there ain't no reason to not take the challenge dead on. Because I'm going to tell you who we come from, folks. We don't come from some weak, jellyback, spineless people. That's not who we come from. None of us. And it doesn't matter what color you are, what nation your folks hail from, how much money you got. We all share the same name. We are Americans. And at Bunker Hill, there was Americans. And at Fredericksburg and Gettysburg, there was Americans. And at Iwo Jima, 
raising that flag on Sarabachi, it was Americans. And at Porkchop Hill, it was Americans. Quezon, there was Americans. And on 9-11, there was Americans who ran towards those burning buildings. That is who you share your heritage with. You do not share your heritage with a weak and ineffective people who cower at the sign of trouble. You share your heritage with a strong and brave people who are determined to hold on to their freedom and for the freedom of future generations. Guys, it's time for us to stand up and be that generation. It's time for us to stand strong and proud and remember who we are, that we are Christians, that we are Americans, that we are Republicans, and that we are conservatives. And as long as we stand as the vanguard of freedom in this nation, freedom will survive here. And not only survive, it will thrive. So guys, it's time to put on our packs. It's time to fix those bayonets. It's time to get ready. Because we got a fight on our hand. And our fight is not for us. It's for all those generations that's going to come behind us. Let's save America, folks. Because if there is to be freedom in this nation in the future, it is only going to become at the behest of the Republican Party, the grand old party, the party of freedom and equality, the one that always has been and the one that always will be. God bless you all. Thank you very much. God bless the great state of North Carolina and God bless the United States of America. Thank you. All right. So I understand if you're listening to this podcast <clears throat> that you're probably going to be more moved by this <laughs> message <laughs> than uh, some folks on the left might be. But I, I want to believe and I, I don't know if it's if it's true or not, but I want to believe that this is a message that can resonate with many people outside of Republican circles. I find powerful, uplifting messages to be more attractive to larger uh, segments of the population than negative ones. I hope. <clears throat> I hope. And this it, it, this falls in line with, I think I've said this before, um, when uh, Lieutenant Governor Robinson delivered a speech, I think it was to the Moore County Republican Party, uh, their Reagan dinner was a couple of uh, weeks back, and I played portions of it, and um, he was talking about, you know, the Repu Republican Party essentially needs to reclaim its legacy and its history and stop. And remember, he said, stop letting the left write the narrative for us. That's not their it's not their history to write. It's ours. And I've been saying this for a while, like the Republican Party. And I think they've missed many opportunities to do it. And I don't know why. Um, but I think they've missed many opportunities to reclaim that history. And uh, here's an example. I feel like I need to give an example. Well, before I give an example, <clears throat> let me give you uh, the deal on mattresses. At Mattress Man, you get a free box spring with the purchase of a Biltmore Collection mattress inspired by our very own local landmark, the Biltmore, obviously, if that wasn't clear. The Biltmore Collection uh, has luxurious design and its blend of old world craftsmanship and new world exclusive technology. These are mattresses that are made by Restonic. So they've got the edge to edge sleep surface. They have maximum adjustability. They have five support zones for proper spinal alignment. Uh, you get optimal balance of pressure point relief and support. And that means a more restorative, healthier sleep. And you don't even have to wait for a new mattress. They've got their inventory. They've got their warehouse locally. 
So they've got the inventory and they have Synchrony Finance that offers zero down, zero interest for up to 72 months for qualified applicants. And they have tons of other flexible financing options. Okay, so if you got less than stellar credit, it's okay. Um, They're going to work with you. Okay, getting a good night's sleep on a good mattress is too important. They're going to help you through that. Go to mattressmanstores.com, click the financing link, apply and get pre-approved right now. They have five-star local delivery service, nationwide shipping, a 120-day comfort guarantee. Experience the difference at Mattress Man. Four stores in Asheville, Hendersonville, and Arden. Mattressmanstores.com. Buy local and sleep better. One of the opportunities I think that the Republicans missed, the $20 bill. This would have been a just an easy, this was an easy win. The $20 bill. When they had control of the Congress, there was this discussion about, I know this is going to sound trivial, but I think it would have mattered. Um... They had this discussion there was going on about like Andrew Jackson, the former president who was, you know, really racist Democrat. And uh, he's on the $20 bill, which is like the height of irony because he was anti-Federal Reserve. Anyway, point is that there was this discussion about let's put Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. And I think they're still trying to do that. I think they're moving forward with plans on that. But the Republican Party could have done it. She was a Republican and she was a gun owner. Uh, You could have had... A win-win here and a PR, so a win-win-win, a triple win. You could have had a great moment here to reclaim a portion of your history. Now, I understand the Republican Party is not absolved of any kind of racist activity. Republicans throughout the years, right, the, the ranks of the Republican Party have had racists in them. No doubt about it. As with the Democratic Party, a little bit more on that side. But, like, historically speaking, there have been white supremacists and racists all over the place in all the parties okay but if you're trying to reclaim your original history that would have been one way to do it i think mark robinson is another way to do it and he talks about this like we are the party that ended slavery and if that's what you want your history to be then write that history Make that your history. And everybody needs to kind of be on the same page and uh, not to mix metaphors here, but pushing in the same direction in trying to, uh, you know, uh, to promulgate that message in making that message stick. And you got to say it a lot and then you got to behave like it. You got to do things that reinforce that historical narrative. So, uh, and this is, as I mentioned earlier, I think this is why the left is very afraid of him because not just his oratory skills. I mean, he's a dynamic speaker, um, but um, he's using it, these skills, this, the, the, his gift for uh, rhetoric and, and uh, public speaking, he's using this in service to fundamental constitutional principles. And that has the power to inspire a great many number of people, not just Republicans, but Americans. Like anybody. I want to believe that. And I don't know if I'm misguided there. (laughs) I recognize it's possible that I might be completely misreading how far, you know, gone some people are, how much they hate America at this point. I don't know. And and look, if you've got people like that editorial board member, Mara Gay, who sees the American flag or anybody who displays it, they see this as an attack of some kind on them. I don't know if you're going to be able to reach them. But I just I think trying to get people on board like we all are on the same team as americans but that means something it's not just yay america here's our flag it means something and that's what robinson always ties into this like you're an american and here's what that means 
it means yes contrary to what some of the board of education members in the uh, uh, on the state board of ed think uh, that america is a great country right this was this was up for debate apparently <laughs> last week when the board of ed was meeting and you had the critical race theory proponent james ford uh you know uh, uh, arguing against including that lesson in education in k through 12 education we should not literally making the argument we should not be teaching our kids that america is a great nation they say that's not the job of teachers oh i see so now the teachers are supposed to be you know completely um uh uh, objective here, right? We're not supposed to say, um, which by the way, I would submit that it is objectively true that America is a great nation, but uh, be that as it may, like, oh, we're supposed to be impartial. We're not going to take sides here. I'm just an educator. I'm not here to tell you that America is a great nation. Although I am here to tell you America is not a great nation, but I'm not here to tell you America is a great nation. I'll let you decide that for yourself after I have you read all of this material that says America is not <laughs> a great nation. This is... Th- this is the scam they're running. It is. It's a scam. This is the scam they're running. They, they're they trying to, they're gaslighting, they're pretending that we don't see what it is that they are doing. And now that the pushback has become so great, and by the way, it is, you know, um, multiracial pushback. It's not, you know, it's not a contrary to what a lot of lefties are saying about the pushback that, oh, it's only white suburban people. Like, no, it's not. You got pushback from all people from all walks of life, especially, by the way, immigrants. Yeah. Talk about a population (laughs) that really, really buys into the concept of America as a great country. It's the people who risked their lives and fortune and gave up everything to move here. (laughs) Generally speaking, it's not a winning message for those folks, which, by the way, this has been, it's kind of funny to watch some of the reaction in real time to uh, uh, some of the polling that comes out with uh, especially uh, newly arrived immigrants and first generation immigrants that a lot of Democrats thought this was their uh, their demographic destiny, right? We're going to win all of these people over to the Democratic Party and uh, we'll have our perpetual majority and never have to deal with conservatives again. Slight problem. A lot of those people who have come here <laughs> tend to be more conservative, <laughs> Right. Because, yeah, they buy into the idea and ideals of America, the principles upon which we were founded. It is on us to try to communicate these ideals to people. And I don't care where they come from. I don't care what languages they speak. If you buy into the idea, I welcome you. We all should. And here's the thing. Most most Republicans do. Most conservatives do. The problem is, is that a lot of times, a lot of Republicans see people who are being recruited to come by the Democrats. They see them as automatic default allies of the left because the left sees them like that as well. So there's this misperception about the people who come here. And by the way, it's like this is the I hate the term when they talk about like the black community. Like, they're okay, you're you're putting everybody into one group based on one trait. And they do it with Hispanics as well, but they come from all over the world, right? People of Hispanic origin come from all over the place. They're not just, they're from different countries. They have different cultures and stuff. Just, it's it's just such a myopic way of looking at people 
And I understand that the truth is general, and so you have to use some of these heuristics, especially when you're trying to figure out, you know, policies and politics that will appeal to different groups of people in the population. So I get all of that. But um, the thing that's supposed to unify us is that we are Americans and we share a common idea, a common set of principles. And when there is one political party that seems more interested in tearing those down and discarding them, then, yeah, that's the trouble that Mark Robinson is talking about. And that's the trouble that we need to walk towards. That's that, that was the point of his speech, that there's trouble. There's always going to be trouble and we got to walk towards it. And I've been talking about that for years with people like if you are in this arena, if you are in the fight, then you got to walk towards the fight. And you better know what you're doing. You better be armed. You got to have information. You got to have facts. You got to have arguments ready. And Robinson does. And that's that's what I do on the show, too, by the way. I try to arm people with the arguments here and I try to present like, here's what they're saying. And here's how you attack that. Um, here's why it's not true. Now, here's something that is true. If you are thinking about getting some real U.S. military surplus, then you go to Old Grouch's military surplus. That is the truth, okay? Uh, he's got duffel bags. He's got MREs. So if you're building a prep supply, you know, uh, you need to go to Old Grouch's. He's got backpacks. He's got canteen cup stoves. He's got camp stoves. He's got rain ponchos, thermal blocking camo netting. And he's got uh, ammo cans, gun accessories, body armor. When he can find it, it's in high demand. It goes very quickly. Also... Um, a home and workplace first responder kit, more than 350 components inside each kit. So you'll be able to handle all kinds of medical events from a minor scrape all the way to a, a broken bones. These kits are made in North Carolina and they come in a durable, bright orange bag. It's got the reflective strips on it. So it is well marked and instantly identifiable as a first aid kit. Um, and this is really important, like in a workplace setting. Uh, it's also popular with uh, scout groups and sports teams, school groups, small business owners. You want to be sure to take care of your customers and your employees. Have one of these bags. Go to oldgrouch.com or walk on into the store. He's on uh, Main Street in downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. And the shop is open Monday through Saturday. Uh, and uh, again, 24-7 online at oldgrouch.com. Next up, we've got a piece at the Washington Examiner. Uh, this is by David Drucker, who says former President Donald Trump's surprise endorsement of Representative Ted Budd in the North Carolina U.S. Senate race erased Mark Walker's advantage with grassroots Republicans and set up a two man race for the 2022 nomination with Pat McCrory. Walker, a former congressman, won a Senate straw poll of party activists that was conducted over the weekend at the Republican Party convention, where you heard uh, Lieutenant Governor Robinson speak. The staunch conservative romped with 44% compared to 29% for Bud and 18% for McCrory, the former governor. Uh, but after Trump's daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, opted against running for the Senate, the former president used his convention keynote to endorse Bud, blocking Walker's path to victory in the primary. Okay, I got to tell you, I'm not so sure. I'm not. I'm not so sure. We're going to find out, but I'm not so sure. Walker has been doing a lot of uh, a lot of groundwork for a very long time before Bud got in. He got a lot of endorsements lined up, and that means those people are going to be willing to work for him, you know, it, 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 especially like at the beginning. I don't know people that are going to just say, well, Trump didn't endorse you, so now I'm going to, I got to bail. I don't think that looks good for them. And so, you know, Walker's uh, 
uh, you know, lineup of endorsees, I think that that might help insulate him from the damage that his campaign was done by uh, uh, Trump's endorsement. Through intermediaries, the former congressman's political team has been told the former president granted the endorsement. Here we go. I said this the other day as a favor to Mark Meadows. Meadows, a former North Carolina congressman himself, was Trump's chief of staff when his term ended in January. Conventional wisdom was that the former president was going to keep his powder dry in the primary until closer to this December, uh, because that's when the filing deadline is, uh, at which time Laura Trump was expected to bow out. That was sort of the idea of this timeline, apparently. But that's not the way it played out. Laura Trump makes her announcement. Trump does his endorsement. And this was as a favor to Mark Meadows. Now, the question is, why would Meadows ask that of Trump? And I think I think I've identified it. I mean, I I wouldn't tell you otherwise. Like, I think I've identified one of the reasons why is that Walker was running a caucus inside the Republican Congress um, that was sort of at odds with the Freedom Caucus. There was this sort of competition as to who was actually the conservative caucus in the Republican Uh, House of Representatives. The North Carolina Republican Party was equally shocked by Trump's endorsement. Chairman Michael Watley issued a statement distancing the party from the former president's decision and declaring neutrality in the primary, which he has to do, like as he should. Right. And I have this and I don't know, because the only the only source I could find cited here was Gateway Pundit. And I don't trust them. I don't. I don't trust the website. I don't find them to be credible. But this is where this is Uh, was reported. So I bring it to you and it's quoting John Stewart, who I know. And so he's the ninth district chairman. um, And he said that the chairman Watley just made a clear and strong statement, roughly paraphrased last night, president Trump made an announcement at our convention. He was not speaking on behalf of the party. We did not know he was going to make an endorsement, the party and myself Watley in this case. uh, But it applies to every other chairman said Stewart uh, that everybody, the party and and the, the, Uh, leadership is going to remain neutral throughout the primary, as they should, because this is what the party apparatus does, right? I mean, theoretically, ostensibly, I think there are a lot of grassroots people that say that doesn't actually happen, that there are always, you know, preferred candidates that get extra help. And there are other candidates that get kneecapped. And look, I'm not in the party, so I don't know, but I suspect that's probably true. But you have to say, we're not playing favorites in the primary, because you've got a lot of people that are going to be disagreeing over the best candidate that are all going to be loyal soldiers in the fight come November. And you don't want to alienate them, right? This is the the big problem that parties have when they go through a bruising primary. Okay. So uh, this, so it prompted uh, Watley to issue this statement. Um, There was also uh, the straw poll. There is apparently some, I don't want to say controversy because it doesn't really seem like a controversy, but Walker tweeted out, um, the results of the of the straw poll, but the state party withheld the results from the public for two days. The information was scheduled to be released Monday afternoon. Some GOP operatives said that the party was trying to avoid embarrassing Donald Trump, who was not aware of the final tally when he endorsed Bud on stage. Yikes. Okay, that's awkward. (laughs) So, uh, right, because Walker won the straw poll with like 44 percent of the vote. Ted Budd came in at 29 and Pat McCrory at 18, and uh, Trump wasn't aware of that. Would that have changed his mind? I don't know. I don't know. 
Livy Polin, who is the spokeswoman for the North Carolina GOP, denied that the straw poll delay had anything to do with Trump, though. She said that's just a rumor. We just wanted to make sure all the announcements were portrayed in an organized manner. This piece at the Washington Examiner uh, goes on later to, uh, later on to say that senior Republican insiders say the primary is now buds to lose. Again, I don't know if that's true or not. McCrory considered the so-called GOP establishment pick is particularly loathed by Trump. <clears throat> I don't know if that's true either. I'm not aware that he's particularly loathed by Donald Trump, um, but this would be a potential problem in a head-to-head with either Bud or uh, or Walker versus a three-way contest where Bud and Walker could split the vote, and then that gives McCrory the lane to run right through the middle. And this was always the uh, the game theory going on when Bud announced, because remember, Walker announced first, then there were rumors that Ted Bud was interested as well. McCrory jumps in, uh, and I, I forget if Bud followed shortly or if he beat McCrory to the to the announcement. I don't remember, but they both got in about the same time. But Bud was rumored to be discussing this for a while. There was Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson's name getting kicked around as well. He was contemplating it. Um, and so when Bud, when uh, when Bud's name surfaced, it became sort of this game theory rumor out there that this was being done to split the grassroots, that uh, this was a play by certain elements inside the GOP to clear a path for McCrory. Now, and I don't know, that might be true. But if it is, I don't think he's going to get there with 18% of the support <laughs> in, the, in the GOP primary. I don't like I don't know if you can. That's not a big enough lane. If Walker is still pulling 44. Now, does Walker pull less than that? And does he bleed some support over to Ted Budd? But even then, Walker and Bud together account for over 80% of the support. So leaving McCrory with only 18, like, I don't see how that's going to get him enough room to run. But again, like, what do I know, right? I'm just a podcaster. <laughs> I'm not an inside uh, strategist or anything like that. So take it from where it's coming from. I appreciate you listening. Thanks so much for uh, uh, listening to the whole podcast. I do appreciate that. And remember, subscribe. It is free at thepetecalendarshow.com. You can also become a patron to the program. You get the bumper stickers. You get exclusive content on the Patreon page. And you get the access to the live streams that we do every single Thursday night. So hope to see you there. Thanks again for listening. Don't break anything while I'm gone. <laughs>